0: Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com, or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Hello, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. I am your host here at Beyond Clean with Ace. We are live here on Podbean Live. Uh, you know, we are in the middle of the Rockstar uh, voting program. Uh, the eight finalists are out there. So, uh, if anything, please go to rockstarcustodian.com, look at all the eight finalists. Make sure that you vote for for one of them. We've been doing some podcasts like we're doing today. Uh, we've done some video podcasts, but we're not here today to talk about the Rockstar program. Sean DeVore is back again with us again at the 1st of November.
1: How are you today, Dave?
0: You had me scared there for a moment, Sean. I was I was hoping I wasn't going to talk by myself.
1: No, I was just double-dipping uh, double, uh, double dipping and answering an email, which I shouldn't have been doing.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I understand that we all have to multitask for a while. Um, yes. Sean, if uh, people haven't followed you over the last year and a half, uh, getting close to two years now,
1: who are you, what do you do, and why should they listen? My name is Sean DeVore and I'm with Mannington Commercial uh, as we're a commercial manufacturer of all flooring products. And I can be reached at 352-630-9884 or on email at Sean, S-E-A-N.DeVore, O-R-E at Mannington.com. Or I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram at N F underscore flooring, which stands for North Florida underscore flooring on Instagram. So anyway, you want to reach me, I'm somewhere out there. <laughs> it's
0: kind of like we all are these days. Uh, electronically, we have become a little bit more apt at what we're doing.
1: Right. Yeah. It's got to where the, if you don't, you got to be, ex- you got to have exposure everywhere because the customers are reaching you in a lot of different ways. They're reaching you via email they're looking at your things you post on uh, Instagram or LinkedIn. And that not necessarily does every person look at every different media post that you do. They may only work with LinkedIn or they may only look at Instagram. So you've got to try to be everywhere. And, that,
0: and that's right. Uh, this is why we have the podcast. I won't say that everybody listens to a podcast, but for those people that do, we appreciate those that have. And, you know, we're in our fifth season. I understand that we're approaching nearly 7,000 downloads now. Wow. Yeah, and, and, and you and I, rem- I remember when you and I first started talking about this, we were talking about carpet and some issues with it. And we got to talking about the podcast. It took a little while, but we got you on and here we are almost two years later.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable it's went that quick. But I guess if you think about it, it's like sometimes how we talk about meeting with clients. You know, you're if I go see a client once every 6 months, you know, I'm only touching that client x amount of times per year and it goes really quickly. If we're only doing this once a month, we're only doing it 12 times. It's, it seems like it comes up really quickly and it's every other week. You're you're going, "Hey, you ready for the podcast?" And but it, it is uh, not, as, not as often as you would think, but it comes really quickly, if that makes sense. Well,
0: yeah, it does because, you know, I've been in sales, um, you know, for most of my life, professional career, and that was the one of the points in, in sales that you, you always have to gauge the desires, the needs of the client by the amount of visits that you make. And some clients I saw every week Doesn't mean that I spent hours with them. It may be only 10, 15 minutes, but we we touched. Um, We touch people a little differently today.
1: Yeah, I had, it took me a little bit to get on that that bandwagon um, as far as how to post things and how to post relevant things. And, you know, I try to keep mine very uh, upscale and professional and away from Politics. I don't put any politics on mine like a lot of people do, and I keep it just strictly based around work.
0: Well, that's good. We have three words here at the show, folks, if you haven't listened before here on Beyond Clean with Ace, healthy, positive, and proactive. And to that point, we've been talking over the last few podcasts, Sean, about carpeting. Um, And I think one of the points is, is carpet the right thing to be putting in a facility? I think you've had some recent conversations with some facilities about selection.
1: Yeah. It depends on the facility and what you're trying to do. Most of the healthcare facilities nowadays have uh, moved away from carpet except for a high-end administration conference rooms and administration offices, uh, for the most part, carpet has been diminished almost to nothing in healthcare. Uh, Same kind of goes for um, K through 12 schools. A lot of the schools are going 100% hard surface. Some are still leaving carpet in classrooms and media centers. Some are still leaving carpet in only um, the kindergarten classes where the kids sit on the floor. It just all depends on the facility and what uh, direction that they want to go in. Uh, corporate is still using uh, carpet, even though corporate business is down right now, and retail is still using some carpet. So carpet is losing favor. Yeah, carpet's definitely losing market share, even in hospitality. I don't. If you've traveled at all over the last few years, you've probably noticed that some of the hotel rooms are even going to LVT. Um, for ease of maintenance and uh, durability long term, because a carpet in a hotel room, you know, you're looking at three years, four years at max, and then they're having to change it out. Whereas with an LVT, it's I, I don't know that there's any time frame on it just yet, but it does last a lot longer than carpet.
0: Well, and then as you said, the maintenance and the health of that that surface is going to be different. Um, When it comes to carpet, you know, I was doing a carpet care class here a few weeks ago, and 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 it was really hard for me to get through to the students that we don't put chemicals in the machines anymore.
1: No, the yarn technology has changed so much with uh, cationic-based yarn as well as – even when you're not using non-cationic, the polymers being used to protect the fibers have gotten so advanced that you're you're looking at only using water and not using any type of uh, detergent or soap anymore.
0: So you're you're working with the mill there. Have the instructions um, with the product changed? I mean, I know that there for a period of time it had all this stuff. Uh, how has How's the instructions from the mill when it's installed? How has that changed?
1: It's gotten a lot simpler. I'm, we emphasize a ton on vacuuming now. Um, and I know you have a special place in your heart for the right kind of vacuum. But uh, a lot of for moving dry debris from the, the carpet or soiling from the carpet, uh, vacuuming as much as possible. And then, um, then there is an open discussion still whether how much dry chemical versus um, hot water extraction is used uh, long-term over the carp- carpets life. We don't care either way. I think the combination of the two is the best way and what the, the way the mill looks at it is a combination of dry chemical clean with uh, hot water extraction based on your traffic level. The biggest thing that we're trying to emphasize upon people is, in uh, users is to look at the traffic patterns and design a program. Not every space has to have the same type of uh, maintenance given to it, which can save you time and money if you look at it the right way.
0: And, you know, if I, I think, folks, as you're listening to this podcast, um, the the thing is is that the instructions that we used to have went with the carpet of old not today's carpet so if you've got carpet in the last 10 years it's been installed it's not the same instructions from the mill and therefore is why you need to come to a class that really talks about it or really look at those instructions again because you've probably been doing it wrong on these newer uh, grades of carpet
1: yeah, we spend a lot of time emphasizing uh, entryway systems and walk-off systems. You know, if you have 15 to 20 feet of uh, walk-off carpet tiles in the space, you can stop about 85% of what walks in the building as far as dry soil, which saves you time, money, and effort at removing those things uh, from it. So setting up a uh, frequency of cleaning and the amount of daily foot traffic that you have and maybe even putting a color-coded chart together for your building to show the frequency of how often you should clean something. And we include those on our maintenance instructions. I, I think you hit on
0: some very good points there this morning. Um, you know, Sean, it's, it's not all about the equipment where I think uh, in the past we thought it was so much chemical and equipment. It is more prevention and frequency which I've always talked about, but the industry hasn't.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, if you look at your look at it as an eighty twenty rule, where you have, you know, eighty percent of your time should be spent cleaning twenty percent of the carpet. I mean, that's that's the best. Your lobbies and your main traffic areas, main traffic lanes, you know, and doing daily routine cleaning and maintenance, and that involves you know spot cleaning and um, vacuuming. Those are the two main things that you do to um, to, to make the product, the product look lo- better and last longer uh, over a long period of time.
0: I think this is the thing that whenever you're looking at uh, carpet in these facilities that we really need to look at the age of the carpet and what the protocols is for that. You know, if somebody doesn't know what – you know how long it's been there as i said age um what's their best general rule of thumb that they should do as far as maintenance
1: well i think if you're looking at a carpet if you can come in as a maintenance director for a facility and you you don't know how the carpet's been down you don't know the type of carpet that's installed but you've got heavy soiling or you have traffic patterns in the material. The first and foremost thing you should do is, is vacuum the material as much as possible with a um, you know a high efficiency vacuum cleaner with large breast opposing bristles on it, similar to a Whitaker machine, uh, pile lifting type equipment that will vacuum and lift the pile at the same time, removing as much dry soil as possible. And you can if in that situation, if you have a corridor that has a lot of soil in it and you've done your pile lifting and soil remover mm-hmm. removal, then you would step in and do a restorative clean with hot water extraction with water only and allow that to dry and then see what success you reached from that. And then you could go back uh, with a different type of cleaning based on spot cleaning and that kind of stuff with anything that didn't come out of it.
0: I think it was what interesting, interesting in your conversation so far this morning, you you didn't mention bonnet cleaning, you, you said dry extraction, which I call low moisture extraction, but correct, I think this is the the uh, old thing that we did uh, back 3040 years ago was bonneting. Today, we don't need to do that. We've got better programs using the pile lifting machines, you said, and the low moisture compounds.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, bonnet cleaning is an excellent, you know, option for you in certain types of hard surface. But I think, you know, there was a time there where the machine, the guys that were selling the the side by side machines, uh, were selling, wanting to sell more pads, so they came up with bonnet pads to clean carpet, and you're you're applying friction to a textile, and that textile for kind of a, a layman's way of describing it, that textile is almost like when you put curlers in in a in your hair and create a permanent you've, we take that yarn and we wrap it and heat set it so that it has a memory like a coil spring. And when you run that bonnet over it, it creates friction and heat and undoes or, or takes that coil spring method um, of re- fiber retention out of it, it actually will Uh, Soften the fiber enough that it that it causes it to uh, untwist, makes it look fuzzy Uh, and also just moves dirt around. You put moisture in the the floor and then you scrub it back and forth and you can actually see when it once it dries where the bonnet went back and forth. You're just moving dirt around. You're not actually removing it from the carpet.
0: Well, and that's what we're talking about this morning, folks, in maintenance of carpet. If you choose to put it in and you feel it's the right choice, maintenance is the thing that you need to discuss. Now, Sean, buildings typically put it in and then the maintenance department is the one that has to deal with it. Is that changing? Are we being included more or eh, not so much anymore still?
1: I see EVS, the Environmental Services Department, being more and more involved. Um, as a, I was in a hospital last week up in Alabama, and we were having discussions. And one of the things that the end user told me in the meeting was, "I'm going to listen to everything that you present today, and ask you to send me your maintenance instructions because we, as a comp- as a hospital, sit down and we." talk to the EVS department, we talk to the facilities department, we talk to our installers. We've got a group effort here trying to make sure that we get the best floor. Uh, we actually include some of the department heads to make sure that we're getting, you know, the product that's gonna be okay for, you know, our our customers, which is our patients. You know, we don't want a strong pattern because some people that come in think there's a hole in the floor. You know, those the, all those kinds of things that, they to make a complete package we're seeing that more and more as we move forward um as opposed to back in the day when you you know the the hospital was told by the design firm what was going to be installed or the or the end user was told and it got installed and then maybe maybe the maintenance instructions made it from the general contractor through the process and three ring binder to the facilities department but usually I get called when there's a problem, not because they read the maintenance instructions.
0: <laughs> 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 kind of like the fact that people don't ever read the label on the bottle of chemical. They just use it because that's what the commercial showed.
1: Well, you know, that was an interesting thing. I guess lecture at uh, Florida state university. And, um, I did a lecture last week for materials class, did two different classes, uh, throughout the day. And, we, I, I gave them a, a, a lecture on how to write a specification from the designer's perspective and how to how to write a, a, a specification that's going to hold the product that they want specified on the job and don't let the subcontractor, the general contractor, value engineer that specification. And I worked with them on that. And then we gave them three different types of carpet. We gave them a, a wool poly blend residential. We gave them... We gave them, are you still there? Yeah, yeah I lost okay. you there. For yeah. We gave them a wool poly blend residential. We gave them a type six nylon and then we gave them a type six six nylon. And we, I had talked, didn't really talk anything about maintenance at all with them. Um, but the, the professor had brought in some wool eyed carpet cleaner and another, I think, restore, uh, some kind of restore carpet cleaner. And, um, I had talked about dye methods and i did briefly mention about cleaning with only water is what we were trying to do in the industry and almost every student with the exception of one or two um went directly for the woolite and had the little brush on the end of the can and the the carpet sample was just foaming up and soap and once they got and got fully into it i i started talking and i was like do you guys understand when you're take a shower at home and you use soap on your body what happens to that shower over time that sc- soaps come you know that residue gets on the walls and you have to clean it off and they all agreed and I said why don't you think that's going to happen with the carpet how are you going to to get that soap you got all that soap in it and what did you put on it you know they put mostly the stuff was biological it was uh you know, uh, ketchup and mayonnaise, mustard and soy sauce. None of them asked me. None of them asked me how to clean it first. They just went right for the soap. So that is just a common thing throughout everywhere that everything happens. You know, they just dump a bunch. They dump a bunch of soap on something because they've been to- told soap is the best way to clean anything.
0: Well, and and that's what we've always done. So the people that are giving them the instructions are using old thought patterns, old skill levels to new technology, and it doesn't work. No, it creates more of a problem than than before. And so this is why we continue to tell people with carpet, the first thing you do is dry extract the soil. And of course, Sean, you know you you and me talk about this uh, repetitively right my feeling that's not with a vacuum a vacuum only works on the top one third at best of the carpet correct our soil issues are below that one third vacuuming is not the way to to start cleaning carpet um uh, you know so it's that dual brush pile lifting type unit that we talked about and this goes back to that frequency that you mentioned before the first thing with those spots is Get the dry soils out before you start doing anything.
1: Yeah, get as much of the dry soil out as as possible. Because if you do use hot water extraction restoration method, you're gonna you're gonna be creating mud. Like I mentioned with the bonnet, you're gonna still be creating mud. And why would you want to try to remove twice as much wet material than you would if you you know pile lifted and uh, used a a pile lifter vacuum instead of a regular vacuum? and try to get as much soil out as possible before you hot water extract or introduced water to the problem and this is what i tell
0: people in, in class all the time is that this goes for carpet cleaning as well as spot cleaning because that spot wasn't there. It did you know you didn't get to it the first day so what it's done subtracted attracted soil and there's soil below it that the spot got onto. so you've got to get all of that dry soil out before you ever start applying any chemistry which is even water which is still a liquid
1: it's still a chemistry
0: yeah it doesn't matter if you've used you know whatever chemistry that you've used you still need to get that dry so you talk about frequency you know i i i've been teaching in class why are we stuck on this this thought process that we only service the carpet once a day You know, why why is it that we only feel that we can do that once a day? One of our rock star finalists is a day porter. And I'm going to be having some conversations with them about this. You know, if you've got a day porter there, why can't they be doing this every hour? You know, we clean the restroom every hour.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I often talk to uh, K through 12 about. If you've got a main corridor where all the kids come in, where they get off the school buses, the parents drop them off, they all walk in through that, that front door. Why not at 10 o'clock, you know, 930, go through there and clean that corridor before, you know, they go back different. All the people walk through and pick up that soil that was dropped in that front corridor and carried it throughout the school. Um, those are things that I try to talk about is frequency the importance of time management because if you do have a person that's available in the building or on that floor to do that work they should be able to do a multiple different task the problem is you know i'm seeing with some of these companies that without me- mentioning names they contract these large contracts to do multiple healthcare facilities or or colleges and universities they bid these contracts to win these janitorial uh contracts and you have one person for two floors of a hospital and that person has to be uh, cleaning a bathroom uh, every hour which depending on how many bathrooms is on each floor they may be looking at patient rooms or they may be you know just trying to cover three floors of a hospital in one day is with one person is impossible
0: well and i think this is what the industry in some ways is waking up to yeah, and we talk infection prevention nowadays is, of course, first and foremost on everybody's mind. Um, carpet, now this is my own phrase, Sean, and I know that I might sure. get some slack from this today, but, you know, to me, carpets are the sewer of the building.
1: It is. I completely agree with that. I, I often mention a study. Um, I have it printed out somewhere, but it's a study that was done in Sweden. Uh Over, I believe it was a 10-year period of patient rooms in a hospital where they had installed some of the patient rooms with carpet, some of the patient rooms with hard surface, and they tested the air, the VOCs, volatile organic compounds, in the air um, throughout that period of time. They were able to determine that carpet was very effective at keeping the room air quality very high for the patient. So, you know, when people came in, moved in and out, the doctors came in or the nurses came in or visitors came in, the dust particles or the VOCs only traveled less than one foot above the surface of the plane of the floor, um, and then settled back into the floor. Whereas in a hard surface environment, they would, uh, those, those dust particles and things would fly up as high as six foot, um, and then resettle back to the floor. So that activity in the room would create that. The negative to it was everything settled back in the carpet. And if you don't have a, an effective way to clean and maintain carpet on a regular basis, you're right. It's the sewer of the building. Um, for argument's sake, I always like to say if you want a, a clean room and you maintain the carpet correctly, when you come in and do a restorative hot water extraction, you're actually... Wetting the carpet, which weighs the particles down, you're extracting them in liquid into a closed uh, particulate um, container and then taking it out of the room. Whereas with most hard surface cleaning, you're coming in there and you're dusting and you're stirring stuff up. The The problem with all that is that's in a perfect world, and there is no <laughs> perfect world. So
0: I was just about ready to ask, John, where are you at?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm on Mars somewhere, you know, you know, looking at myself in a mirror, hoping that all this is going to be true, because that's not what happens. You know, we all know that the carpet looks for a for a very long time. The way carpets are designed now, they will look good for a long time, especially if they're specified with the right color pattern to hide soiling. So the the proper uh yarn shape and densities and backing systems. I mean, the carpets are designed to look good for a long time. And then by the time they get dirty, they're completely full. I mean, it's literally came from the backing up to the top, full of soil. And, they're and, what, and what you're
0: and what you're saying is by the time that looks dirty, you're, you know, that, it's that's a perception issue. It's been dirty for a very long time, way before you
1: saw it. Yeah, exactly. It's like we used to joke in the retail world when people came in to buy carpet, you know, at the store, when they actually walked into the carpet store and opened the door and walked in, they'd been thinking about buying carpet for six months. So by the time you notice that the carpet's dirty, it's been dirty for probably over a year. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's unbelievable how dirty a piece of carpet will get. And, and I'll get called, to come out and look at this, I don't understand why this is so dirty. Why is it soiled? And my first question is, what's your maintenance program? Well, what do you mean? Well, how often do you vacuum it? Well, you know, we got this contract with this janitorial company, and they really we're very unhappy with them. They don't they don't vacuum near as much. I even put a piece of paper on the floor, a little piece of paper on the floor a couple of weeks ago, and it's still over there. See it, it's over there. They they're not vacuuming. What are you gonna? And then they turn to look at me. What are you gonna do this carpet? Just not holding up. They actually, I've had conversations like that. <laughs> they admit that they're not doing what they're supposed to, but it's your fault. It's my fault. They're like, why is this not holding up? And they, and when I ask them, they don't. You know, can I have the? I've even request most of the time if I go to a meeting like that, I request to have the EVS director there, and I'll ask specific questions if they do come to the meeting i'll ask well when was this carpet clean well we have it on schedule to clean it every wednesday night okay well were you here was it clean wednesday night was it vacuumed um yeah yeah we have it on schedule well yeah that's not what i'm asking you know did the person actually have time? Because more than likely, they had some dirty bathrooms to clean. They had a bunch of different stuff. So, you got a person who's acting as a floor tech and as a janitorial person who's replacing the paper towels in the automatic paper towel dispenser. They're cleaning a toilet. They're, you know, fixing something else or somewhere else in the building. And the flooring, the carpet becomes the last thing because, again, it doesn't look that bad, it doesn't look dirty.
0: Right. And, and this goes back to the reason that the carpets the sewer of the building is because it's the last thing that we think about. It's just like, you know, when you talk about hard surfaces, in some of the other facilities, you know, it, my wife works in food service. Well, the floor's the last thing and they don't give her any rear and I mean, you know, but how it looks in the morning, that's somebody else's job because she comes in in the afternoon. Yeah. You know? So you know, the night crew Somebody else has got to deal with the way it looks afterwards because they're just going to do, they mop the floor, but who cares how it really looks or what the condition is? And and I think this is what you're talking about with carpet, Uh, quite honestly. Most of the time, it's a perception-based deal. I ran something over it. I can't tell you what it did or didn't, but it was on the schedule I did it. Right. And so then, therefore, is the issues that you've explained uh, so well this morning. Folks, I want to tell you at this time, we are sponsored by Jim Supply. They are a, a supplier of everything that keeps people healthy for over 90 years here in Central Florida. We appreciate their sponsorship to let us be able to do this podcast uh, with Sean and with other uh, people. Uh, this is our uh, second one for today. We've got another one this afternoon. It's a busy Monday. Uh, we've had a few people come on and off. It is a live podcast So if you do come on and you want to leave us a note or you want to join in, we're always looking for somebody that wants to talk about something as healthy, positive, and proactive. Sean, you know, I got to tell you, if somebody was listening to our conversation this morning, they're probably thinking, "What do I? Why? Why the heck do I need to put carpet in my building?"
1: Yeah, I mean, the pot there is there is positives to carpet. Carpet is a sound, a, a very good sound absorption a vessel. It it reduces the sound transmission rating tremendously. Um, It is a lot of comfort underfoot. Uh, There's, there's a lot of good reasons to use carpet uh, and carpet tiles and broad loom for, depending on the the situation as to what what the space calls for. Um, The technology with carpet has came a long way. So it, it, it does clean up easier with just water Uh, there in the density levels. I mean, that was one of the things I talked about with the students last week is our density levels have came up tremendously with the ounce weights going down. We've learned that a putting green is a lot better than a rough. When I started in the business, a 26 ounce, eighth gauge carpet was the standard specification for all schools. And now we're down to 18 ounces and 564th gauge with very high densities. So, You can get a very high-performing carpet that's proper for the space that's easier to maintain now than what it was years ago. Because I do still have some customers that come to me and, like, I hate carpet. I don't want carpet. I want LVT. And then I have to turn around and talk about, well, your level of expectation is going to change. Just like I had one, and I know we're talking about carpet today, but I had one a week ago where the customer has porcelain tile down. And they're tired of replacing cracked porcelain tile and want to go to LVT. And I'm like, well, you need to set your level of expectation a little bit different com- for LVT as compared to the porcelain. Well, I don't like that noise, that clip, clip, clip. When people pull something, a cart or something goes over the porcelain <laughs> tile, I can hear the grout lines. I said, yeah. But I said, it's that same cart. How much does it weigh? Well, we do have it break in some tiles. I'm like, okay. So it's breaking porcelain tile and then you're going to put a soft surface type resilient down LVT, a luxury vinyl tile. And you want the same level of it. You're going to have the same level of expectation for it. you have to. So you you need to set the level of expectation for the client as to what, when they go from one surface to another. So a lot of people want to switch from carpet to LVT or carpet to, to some type of hard surface. We're seeing a lot more rubber also. And, there is a difference in maintenance. There's a difference in sound. There's a difference in, uh, overall visual appearance, um, that everything changes and it's not the same. So I work a lot of times with setting levels, people, people's level of expectation. Um, I've learned over the years in sales that don't just grab the sale because it's there. Make sure that you have manage the level of expectation so that the customer gets what they're expecting.
0: Well, yeah, and if they're replacing porcelain tile, which is one of the most uh, permanent hard surfaces there is, and it's right. breaking that, uh, what's it going to be doing to the carpet as well as to the LV? I mean, right? Uh, you, you know, you you may be that may be your best choice. It may be also, if, if that's the problem, you need to use a different grouting line so you don't have that click, click. You know, there's right. there's different porcelains to be put in nowadays. Um, I know that we were basically talking about carpet today, but as we said, it's a live show and we can talk about what we want to, right? Right. Um, you do a lot of stuff with healthcare and with schools. I know that one of the questions we had submitted here was a contractor that had a health has right now a current situation going on with a healthcare with uh, a betadine and iodine products spilled and other products spilled. And now they want to know, how do I clean it up? Um, shouldn't they have talked and learned this kind of stuff before they took the contract with that type of floor? And how do they know?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you take a contract, Again, these janitorial companies bid these contracts as an overall. So the flooring is – it's a large part. The flooring, I would say, is probably the largest part of a janitorial contract because it's something that's used every day. Oh, yeah. It has to be maintained every day as opposed to, you know, changing the paper in a paper towel holder or changing toilet paper, cleaning a toilet. I mean, all those things have to be done, but the flooring is a major part of these things. And the information – is just not getting all the way back down to the person doing the work. And, right. and uh, you know, I hate to mention it, but it, it kind of goes back to hot dogs and buns. You know, <laughs> you don't have, we don't talk to the maintenance, the maintenance people that have these large janitorial contracts. It doesn't have to be a large company. It can be a, a community company that's, you know, handling a hospital or handling a school system, a school district. They are not talking to the manufacturers who make the floor. So you're not getting the information. They're just getting it mostly from the chemical companies because that's who calls on them to sell them product, to run through their machines, to clean the floor. And the chemical companies are not talking to us. So nobody's talking and everybody's got answers. And so there's a problem with that equation.
0: Sean, I'm talking.
1: <laughs> you're right. <laughs> just want, we I are. just
0: wanted to remind you that yeah, we're, we're, we're talking, but yeah, we are the very few. Uh, and the biggest reason I'm sitting here talking with you every month for the last two years is because it's about education. And this is what you're talking about still this morning. Um, if we do not communicate, which by the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first letter of custodian, the first attribute in a Rockstar custodian communication, uh, you kind of get the drift there. If we don't communicate with everybody involved, and, if, and as you said, if we only get it from the chemical or the equipment manufacturer, we're not getting the full story.
1: No, I mean, some of these finishes we develop for hard surface as well as for the carpet. When, when I mentioned when we first started the call today, you, you, you take a cationic yarn that has a negative charge and your most of your stains that you encounter on a daily basis, coffee, tea, Kool-Aid, Gatorade, sports drinks, Red Dye 40, uh, all those things are acid-based stains which have a negative charge. So if you've treated the yarn with a negative charge and your stain has a negative charge, your carpet has no affinity. That yarn has no affinity. It it wants no relationship with that Coca-Cola. So if you take water and dilute the Coca-Cola after you've blotted it up or you've extracted it uh, with a wet vac and you rinse it with clean, clear water, you're going to dilute the Coca-Cola and bring it off of the carpet fiber, and that's all you need to do. It would simply be like having a glass half full of pure Coca-Cola and fill in the other half of the glass with water. You've diluted it to the point that it is is negated because the yarn has no affinity for it. It doesn't want it. Um, and then we've also had a lot on some of the yarns that are still – Uh, positively charged the technology of filling the dye sites with clear polymer now that's also uh, that's attracted to the yarn has become so strong that bond that chemical bond to the yarn is so strong that it repels uh, stains for a very uh, long time if maintained properly.
0: Well it sounds like carpet cleaning carpet maintenance from a cleaning standpoint, once that we've done our dry extraction, it is going to get easier and easier. But, folks, it's still foot traffic. It's still soil coming in. And I think that what you're talking about, even with the LV products, is improved daily frequency maintenance.
1: Yeah, it, it's like anything that you talk about with cleaning. You can do it with your home laundry. You can use and set an analogy with your vehicle. Um, if you don't wash your clothes that you wear every day, they become soiled and tattered and filled with with grease or oil or whatever your your job title is and what you're doing every day. Um, same thing with your car. If you don't wash it, the paint's going to deteriorate. So all those things that are attached to the fiber, if they're not removed, um, on a regular basis, you're constantly having to do a restorative cleaning, which is harder on the carpet and harder on your equipment and therefore causes problems long-term.
0: You know, we didn't get to do our, um, sessions, uh, for the conference, uh, this fall, um, I'm going to a conference this week and I noticed uh, a few people are going to be talking about infection prevention, but you know, the one thing that you normally do not see at these conferences is people talking about taking care of these floors for health and
1: that bothers me. Yeah. I mean, we have more people. I probably get a call once a month about, um, Hey, I got this company came in and gave me this great uh, antimicrobial. Can I spray it on my carpet? <laughs> well, why would you want to do that? And well, you know you've got a, a you've got a carpet tile that has a fiber that's solution dyed that's inherently antimicrobial. It has a waterproof backing on it. Um, bacteria grows on things that are in the carpet, not on the carpet. So are you trying to kill the stuff that you don't want to clean out of the carpet? Are you trying to, what are you trying to accomplish? Well, this guy said it'll kill all the microbes. Well, so will hot water extraction Just hot water and rinsing the carpet will kill everything. Well, I know, but he said it'll clean. It'll kill everything. Okay. Are you not going to clean the carpet? You just want to spray it with something and kill everything in it? I mean, that's that's where I'm at with some of these antimicrobial systems and these things that get left behind.
0: Oh, hey, I'm right there with you, Sean. I mean, I, I you know, this is this is our society trying to shortcut everything. You know?
1: right.
0: uh, and, and, you know, I understand both sides of this flip coin. Yeah, you, know, you talk to the contractors, and I, folks, we're not trying to beat up contractors here. In-house programs have just exactly the same issues that we're yep. talking about today. Uh, it, 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 I don't think it really makes a difference between one or the other. But, you know, I, I think this is the, the issue is they simply have a labor issue, and they say we can't do that. But the health of buildings are suffering because floors make up 80% of what, the con, what what the technicians do, not above the floor. Uh, above the floor is only about 20 to 25 percent of our time.
1: Yeah
0: Sean, it's been good to talk with you again today. I think we've beat the, con, the, uh, the carpet up pretty bad. I, I, you know folks if you've been listening to this whole show today we, you're probably kind of getting this idea that neither one of us like carpet all that much and I think it goes back to frequency. I think that's the whole deal. Um, Hard surface flooring, whatever flooring that may be your selection, just gets more frequency of cleaning because
1: we see it. Yeah, I mean, that's – frequency is definitely the answer to flooring maintenance. As, as often as you can possibly keep soil off of it or out of it, it's going to keep it from spreading throughout the building. It's going to keep uh, it from deteriorating the value of the floor, and it's going to just be cheaper in the long run, um, less expensive for you to re- in flooring replacement and overall maintenance, having to do restorative cleanings. I mean, all those things, frequency saves you time and money.
0: Hey, you know, before we go, uh, before I let you go, I want to do uh, ask. Uh, I know one of our podcasts earlier this year, we talked about a Mannington Mills truck going around the country. I, I never heard anything more. Kind of catch us up on that.
1: Yeah, we had a really good show in Jacksonville, Florida. I held it at the Florida Cracker Restaurant in downtown Jacksonville on in San Marco. It's a community in downtown Jacksonville. And my show in Jacksonville was very successful. I had about 35 people uh, come through the truck and see the new products that Mannington's coming out with. Uh, we've got a new product called Legato, which is a um, liquid floor that pours. Uh, there's a bucket A and a bucket B. It's actually liquid linoleum. Uh, it is the l- linseed oil and uh, wood flour and pine rosin in a liquid form. Uh, we pour it on the floor, and then it, we put a, a Quantum Guard Elite urethane over the top of it. Um, we had examples of that in the in the in the truck, and um, we had some. We had a lot of great people come through in Jacksonville, and then get to eat at Florida Cracker Restaurant. And then uh, the next uh, week, I was up in uh, Savannah, Georgia. Didn't have as many people turn out for Savannah, but that was kind of a. A second thought, the marketing company called me and said, hey, uh, we're not going to take the truck to Neocon in Chicago. Can can we stop in Savannah? I'm like, yeah, I got three weeks to send out invitations. That'll work just great. So I had lower than… I wouldn't say lower than expected, but lower than I wanted it turned out in Savannah. But we had some key players up there that um, I do business with. That was so that was that was good. We've uh, parked the truck for the year. and We're done with it. Um, and we'll uh, revisit that next year, probably. And um, they're talking about they sent out a survey asking us what was good, what was bad and what we what they'd like to change. So they're working on a new plan for next year. It was good.
0: Though. What's wrong with South Florida? I mean, it could be running around all over
1: Florida right now. It was in Orlando. Uh, it was uh, – my counterpart down there had a show in Orlando. It, it didn't go any further south in Orlando, though. It was in Orlando for one day. And, well, I, I, uh, I guess I didn't
0: keep track of your schedule and find out where that was. Well, You're going to have to do better on that schedule next year.
1: I know. I think the invitation should have went out more in bulk than uh, – then what happened? I don't know what, what Neil was up to down there. You know,
0: and, and folks, this is the thing that you, you probably aren't aware of. Uh, the reason that we have this podcast and we thank Sean for being a regular here. Um, you know, I got to tell you, Sean, I have opened this up to many different manufacturers, but as of yet, you're the only one that has wanted to come on a repeated basis. A couple of come on for one show or another, but, uh, I want to say thank you here for, uh, sticking with us. And, uh, I think we might be still working towards 22 together.
1: Most definitely. I'm um, one of the, one of the things that I live by is that the only thing you take with you when you leave uh, this planet is your knowledge. And i got 30 years in this business so my my philosophy is i want to pass that knowledge on to as many people as i possibly can um yeah it's about flooring industry but it's something that i've done and you know i've dedicated my entire career to commercial flooring and i like to pass that information on to whomever i can in order to make their jobs easier that's the way i look at things and how do they get hold of you uh, they can reach me at uh, by cell phone at 352-630-9884, or you can email me at s e a n D E V as in Victor, O-R-E, at mannington.com, and I'll be happy to, to reach out to you or see me on Instagram at nf, like North Florida, underscore flooring, and I'll be happy to respond to you that way as well.
0: Folks, you've been listening to Sean DeVore here on our podcast, Beyond Clean with Ace. We are in the opening weeks of the Rockstar voting for the national uh, award. I will tell you, thousands of votes have been cast already. A leader has ran out in front, but that doesn't mean we're even close. We're going to be open on the voting until December the 15th of this year and be ready for the nominations for next year. We're working on some new programs for you. We will soon have the Rockstar Onboarding Program coming out for 22. And if you've been keeping track with us, the new class for Infection Prevention for 22 is going to be uh, November the 30th and December the 1st, two afternoons. So you can go to the website, www.academyofcleaning.com. You can sign up for that, find out about the onboarding program and how to vote for the current finalists for the Rockstar program. Make sure that you like and share all of the social media. I'm not going to go through the list. You know them already. Make sure that whatever you do between now and the next time we talk, keep it healthy, positive, and proactive. Thank you, Sean. We'll talk to you next month. All right, Dave. Talk to you then. Thank
1: you so much for having me.